What is good, everyone? This is your host, Deanna Radulescu with Label Free Podcast. Live your best life. You must live label free. As always, bringing you dynamic guests from all over. So sit back, relax, and tune in. My next guest is a health and wellness coach. She is the co-founder of BSE, Building Successful Entrepreneurs Academy. She is also a master neuro-linguistic practitioner, holistic health coach, registered nurse, and rational emotive behavior therapy practitioner. Please welcome Rebecca. Rebecca Branham. Rebecca, that is quite the laundry list, girl. <laughs> it is. It is. Thank you so much for having me here. Thank you for being here. I'm actually really excited. So let's give a quick shout out to Amy Boswinkle. She's mm-hmm. the one that, that connected us. She's been on the show a while back. So thank you, Amy, for connecting me with this amazing woman right here. Uh, everything you're talking about, I, I love. You are also a podcast host. Yes. And co-hosts, me and my one of my my business partner for one of my businesses that I have, we have our own podcast, Make ADHD Your Bitch. Oh, I love it. I love it. So we'll get into <laughs> that too. So these are our so thank you for your service as a nurse. I know that cannot be hard, but all these other different things that you've added to your resume are is pretty impressive. So a neuro-linguistic practitioner, does that have does that have to do with the ADHD side of things? Um when I, it doesn't, it doesn't. When I first got into that, it was all about behavior change. I, I, I sabotage myself all the time. I feel like I am the queen of sabotage and I wanted to figure out, okay, what the heck is going on in my head? So subconsciously that's where the NLP comes in is how do we actually work through a lot of the subconscious things, which for ADHD clients, it is very helpful. And for some of them it's not. So. Yeah. I think that that is, you know, I like to do things to like get like school myself or get certified on things that I have issues with to understand mm-hmm. it a little bit more. But I, I see NLP is coming up more and more with people that mm-hmm. I talk to. And so I think it's very interesting that I, that people are taking more of a notice of what's going on with the subconscious. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, one of the things as a nurse that we see all the time, people people come in the door. It's like a revolving door for some people that we have our frequent flyers. And if they could actually understand how to change their lifestyle and their behaviors, then we could possibly not see them so often. And that's actually what got me into the coaching world was what is going on with all of these people? Why do they keep coming in here? And then I discovered NLP through very superficial coaching work. So are you still a nurse today or are you fully mm-hmm. a full-time? Oh, you are. So you're like doing a lot of this. I am. I'm ADHD myself. So I, I have lots <laughs> of both in the air. <laughs> or type A. You can look at it both ways. ADHD or type A. Well, you know, I- right. Both, both okay. actually. <laughs> yep. So I still work full-time as a nurse. Um, I do night weekends now uh, just for consistency purposes, but um, it is going to be coming to an end fairly soon. It was supposed to be over last year and I ended up having a back injury from the uh-huh. gym of all places. So sure. it kind of put a, a, a little bump in the road, but it's okay. It worked out like it needed to and learned a lot. And we're here. That's awesome. So how long ago did you become a coach? Um, It's been five years last month. So five years now. Okay. So you had an aha moment. You're just tired of seeing people like come in and out like that revolving door. Yeah. What motivated you? Yeah, it was that. And honestly, I never wanted to be a nurse. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I was not a people person back in the day. I'm very shy and introverted. So I've always been very um, empathetic with other people and very intuitive, but I didn't know how to actually like communicate with them in an effective way other than being really shy. Um, 
So I got into nursing and I realized there's a lot of disconnect in multiple, multiple ways. And physicians don't have the time to actually sit down and educate their patients. The educators don't have time. We're supposed to educate our patients and we don't have time for that. And even the things that we do talk to our patients about, it's very superficial. And there's also, there's a lack of willingness to want to change. So that got my attention. And then I also realized that a lot of my nursing peers they're very unhealthy. Yeah. <laughs> like, how do you go into the medical community? And it, it just felt very hypocritical that there was a lot of the doctors, nurses, staff that were preaching one thing and not actually practicing it themselves. And like I did bodybuilding through nursing school. So I was always like the healthier one. So people yeah. always came to me for with questions. And I realized there was a trend, like the people that struggled that I would work with through nursing school because I was going to be a personal trainer too. (laughs) That was a whole nother path, but it was always the same questions. Like, how do you go? How do you maintain the things that you're doing and keep it going? Cause people do really great for three, four weeks and then something happens and it's like a flip is switched and they don't know how to keep going. And that's when I discovered, well, Hey, NLP is a thing. And that's where that came into play. That's very interesting. I mean, so I was bodybuilding sure I competed in figures. So I think when you do it long enough and you stay, you exercise that discipline muscle and that focus that it's Mm -hmm. very easy to maintain. And I think that's something that people lack. It's just like one wrong thing that disrupts, disrupts their, um, uh, their schedule. It just throws them completely off, off track. So what are some real, I guess I want to kind of dive into a little NLP real, like a little bit. So what are some like real key things that, you know, being a master neuro-linguistic practitioner that people could do to help prevent themselves from creating bad, I guess, bad habits or breaking bad habits or staying on, on keeping their behavior on track. Is that the right question? Yeah. Um, I've got lots of answers for that question. Wait, there's a couple. Don't give all the secrets away because we want them to contact you. <laughs> and we want them to work with you, right? <laughs> yes. So the two things, two big things is number one, there's going to be, life is going to throw you curveballs. It just will. The universe, I, I always say the universe is going to throw you a, cur- a curveball to yeah. see if you're actually practicing what you're saying you want? Like, if are you actually practicing the skills? Are you using the tools? Do you know how to use the tools? How's your mindset? So as you are progressing, there are going to be setbacks and your old behaviors will come up. So expect that and don't make it mean that it's the end of the world or that you're a failure because that's where we start we start getting in our head and I call it our mind chatter. That's when our mind chatter just starts talking to sh- like such, it's a shit show up there. <laughs> and, uh, um, and with that, when we have those quote unquote setbacks, what are you making them mean about you? Are you making this one thing happen? Like we're going into the holidays. So I know a lot of people are, they're going to, overeating is a big thing with stressors and like their whole plan and the there's progress they made for the last several months. Usually shit hits the fan and they're like, Oh my God, I feel it. I might as well binge. It's like, do you you don't need to do that? Take a deep breath, please. And just ask yourself, well, what are you making this one moment mean about you? Because it, it can be a defining moment for you to kind of wake up to some things and some behaviors, or you, it can just be another, another day in your life where you 
almost quit or gave up on yourself. So those are my two biggest things. Um, know that life is going to throw you curveballs and expect the curveballs and to what are you making those curveballs or fails mean about you? I look at them like tests, you know, so like universal tests testing you and mm-hmm. I have my bad days too. Like not every day is a perfect day, you know, and I I'll allow myself for me personally, I'll allow myself to feel those feelings, you know, wallow in it for a little bit. And then I just have to con- get back on track, you know, because it will try to set you back and make you lazy not stay focused, put things Absolutely. off because you're just feeling sorry for yourself. And I, I say, okay, fine. Let me feel this right now, but I'm going to give myself a time period where I'm feeling this. And then that's it. I have to be done. And then I have to keep moving forward because what are you going to resolve? How are you going to fix anything? If you allow it to prevent you from keep moving forward, you Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like there's nothing wrong with feeling those feelings. I mean, there, I think it's healthy. Just like people like bottle everything up. That's not healthy. I think allow for yourself to feel it, but you have to get yourself back on track. You can't allow it just to destroy all your progress. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? I do. And I think that's a really valid, I think it's a great point you brought up too. A lot of the work I do is around emotional intelligence and building our emotional maturity. And a lot of people, when they come into my world, they have no emotional resilience. So they think that their emotions are the truth. They think it's dogma and they, they like, they just buy into them so much. And it's just a feeling. If you allow yourself to feel it, process it, get curious with it and playful with it, it'll pass. And it, yeah, I could talk on that all day too. (laughs) No, but I think it's, I I think that our society, and I don't want to get too deep into this because God, we know that there's just so much chatter around a lot of stuff these days, but I think our society as a whole has been coddled a lot, you know, like feelings are facts and oh my God, like it's the end of the world. And it's just like, you know, we don't really have a lot of resilience within our society, especially some of the new generations. And it's Mm -hmm. like, how do we get back to a place where where we are encouraging people to have a stronger mindset and you know allow themselves to feel those feelings but not be the the end all to to their whole entire life and you know create better habits for themselves so they can move forward in a successful in, in a successful healthier lifestyle that's a great question um I feel like it, honestly, that's, that's a really loaded question too. <laughs> well, okay. So you can tiptoe around the answers, but you as a person with your clients, if you've got someone that has got kind of a little bit more coddled and very sensitive and, but they want to make a change, how do you approach that with them so that you're able to effectively kind of, um, change their behavior or their mindset? Yeah. Um, I actually have this client coming to mind and with her, we had to identify what's the vulnerability when it comes to feeling the feelings, or when you think about a certain emotion or for her, there there's a, there's a set of trigger words for her that will just set her off and into a spiral of emotion. So we had to identify what was the, and not like, it's not like therapy. I'm going to say that right now, but what was the emotional experience that you had in the past that made this such a vulnerability for you? Because our brain likes to go back to our past experiences that are very, um, that's very tied to emotion. So if we had a really heightened emotional state, when something happened, like for example, if somebody said something to her, when she stood up to speak in class and she was shamed or made fun of, that's going to be a really triggering thing for her. And she's going to have a lot of emotion around that. So for her, it was, okay, well, what was the story you were making that mean about you? What was the story you were buying into? And how did you 
how did you move on after that? Because now every time something similar to that situation comes up, she's a business owner. So being visible is important. If you're going to be visible online, there's a lot of emotion that would come up. And it was a, we had a tiptoe around how can we get you to be visible without saying certain phrases or um, being afraid of what other people are going to say or think about you. So there's a lot of grace and lots of, again, curiosity. I feel like curiosity is the name of the game with NLP and with really any coaching is just how can we be the gentle observers, notice where the things are coming up, especially with emotions and identify, well, what was the past thing that's causing you to make all of these assumptions and associations with who you are as a person? Today's episode is brought to you by Honey Love. Ladies, let's talk about shapewear. We all know most shapewear makes you feel like you're being suffocated. That sexy dress in the back of your closet is so freaking cute, but the thought of having your inside squished by your shapewear is just not worth it. That's why Honey Love spent years researching and developing effective shapewear that's actually comfortable. Overly tight, cheap, and sticky fabrics that roll up are a thing of the past. Thanks to Honey Love, you can finally feel confident and comfortable in your favorite outfits. We have an exclusive deal for our listeners for a limited time only. You can get Honey Love's best deal they offer. Get 20% off your entire order with the code label 20 at honeylove.com. That's right, ladies. Get 20% off of your entire order with label 20 at honeylove.com. So I'm going to share an example of something that for me that has been triggers, like what you're talking about that I've had to navigate here. And maybe you can tell us your thoughts. So I was married seven years ago. My husband passed away. I almost lost everything. I I had owned my house, which I still own, but I got rid of almost everything and put my whole life in in his hands. Okay. We had businesses together. He like specifically disinherited me in the will. So when he passed, it was a big battle with the family. And so I had basically almost walked away with nothing. So now I'm engaged, getting remarried, which is a beautiful thing. And I'm moving out of my house again. And if, and I'm giving up a lot to, to start my life with this man. And all these things are coming up. Like I'm like getting real overwhelmed, a lot of anxiety and just like, you know, just, and I'm, and I'm, I have to sit with myself and acknowledge like, okay, this is not reality because I'm, I'm, I'm being triggered from things that happened before. Cause that was a very traumatic experience there. I was with my late husband for 17 years. And so everything I had built with him had been taken away from me and I had trusted my life in his hands. So here I am again making a choice to trust someone. So now like, so what your client is going through these triggers, I'm experiencing this now too. Luckily, I talk to amazing people like you all the time that I can say, okay, hey, hold on a second. This is coming up because of X, Y, Z. And so with, with me feeling that thing, so what would you tell someone like me that is experiencing that? Yeah. So two things automatically come up. There is a journaling process. I generally would have my clients go through for something like that. And it's, it's actually, okay, what is the triggering thing that's coming up for you? And you write that at the top of your page. And Mm -hmm. then what are all the fucked up stories you're telling yourself around that? (laughs) All the fucked up stories, all the crazy shit that's coming up. And I don't care how ridiculous it sounds, how like crazy it makes you feel, write it all out on that piece of paper. When I do this, sometimes I have like 30 different things that come up, but it's got a home on that paper. It's not living in my head anymore. So that would be step one, do that. And then I, I learned this from Amanda Francis, actually, it's this process and she, so you get it out and then 
you just ask God, angels, universe, like help me see this differently. And that opens you up to shift. And then you actually go through every single one of the things that you wrote down and you challenge it. You're like, okay, I know this is not the hundred percent absolute truth. This is what I know to be true. And just challenge that, whatever that story was. Um, the other thing, and this is usually where my clients insert eye roll is it sounds like there's some conversation to be had with your fiance about how you feel, because if you keep it all bottled up, even if it feels really irrational, maybe it is really irrational having that conversation. I recommend the journaling process first, having that conversation with, with your fiance is going to help one, it's going to allow the like the relationship to grow because sure. you're willing to be vulnerable at a different level. And then he's also um, seeing you from a different perspective. And maybe he's thinking about things that you hadn't considered, he hadn't considered before. Yeah. So those that would, that's my two suggestions. I love that. Well, thank you for, for that. And it's not <laughs> abnormal for people to, for things to come up for them to trigger them, right? It's not abnormal. No, not it doesn't make you a bad person. It doesn't make you any less of a person. Mm-hmm. We are just all, we are all human being, unique human beings in how we handle and cope thing, cope with things. We is always very different from one person to the next. Absolutely. So who would be your ideal client? Um. So I have two businesses. <laughs> okay. For my, yeah, for my private practice, which is my private coaching business, um, they they are primarily overachievers, and they it's usually women. So women overachieving women, a lot of them are in the medical community. So my fellow nurses or entrepreneurs, um, for my, and by the way, all of my all of those people, they sabotage the hell out of themselves. Like they know what to do, but they don't know how to get themselves to actually do the freaking thing. Um, and then for my other business, building successful successful entrepreneur academy, and that one is specifically for female ADHD entrepreneurs. So okay. they've been in business maybe for a couple of years, or they're starting a brand new business, and they have no idea how to actually move the needle forward in their business. Usually, the question I get is, "What the hell are needle move? Like, what are the needles in my business?" Yeah. And they just don't know what to do to create a thriving business and a thriving personal life. Cause I've seen so many entrepreneurs over the years who they feel like they have to live online and they throw their personal life away. They don't have relationships with their kids or their spouses because they think they just have to give everything they have to their business. And that's not true. And so that's where that comes in. Well, that's beautiful. Where can people find you, connect with you and for both businesses and learn more if they want to work with you from coaching or if they're interested in the academy that you have? Yeah. Um, so for my own private practice, it's rebeccabranham.com. Really simple. And then for the other one, it's um, establishing entrepreneurs, I believe. I don't have it though. Website. We just made some changes to it right in front of me. <laughs> uh, I believe it's establishing entrepreneurs.com. Yes. And then we've got some options at the top in the menu bar. And you are both businesses on social media or just you? Yep. Nope. They're, they're both on social media. Awesome. You guys, I'm going to put those links in the show notes. So if you connected with Rebecca today in terms of her coaching, don't hesitate to reach out. Obviously, she's got a good handle on helping you create some uh, long lasting change in your life. If you are an entrepreneur, a female entrepreneur and looking for a little bit more guidance in your practice, especially if you're ADHD, go ahead and click that link and reach out, at least do a little research and find out a little bit more. Uh, Tell us about your podcast. Oh my gosh. So we recently started this podcast. We um we were on our retreat, my business partner and I, and we're like, 
you know, we have a lot to say. <laughs> we have so much to say when it comes to um, holistic health, when it comes to business, when it comes to just being ADHD women. And there's so many ADHDers out there who struggle with their, we, we call it make ADHD your superpower. So they struggle with their ADHD and it becomes their excuse more, more often than not. And they feel a lot of shame and guilt and judgment around it. And like, they can't be responsible or consistent. So we've learned over the years how to support ourselves to thrive and how yeah. to help our clients learn to thrive because we're both ADHD or most of our clients are ADHD. And you can have a successful, happy, thriving life and business or any area of life. It can be, you just have to learn how to make it your superpower instead of your excuse. So that's where the podcast came from. I like that. And so streaming on all pod catcher platforms. Yes. I'll put that link in there too, you guys. I have one question in regards to ADHD. Yeah. I, I, I feel like a lot of people might think that ADHD is also like being type A. Is that get, does that get um, misjudged often? I think so, because a handful of our ADHD clients and the people that I know who are ADHD, I, I wanna, I'd say most of them are probably type A. Okay. Some of them for sure, hundred percent. I'm one of them. My business partner is one of them while the others are so sporadic and chaotic. They are definitely not. So I feel like it's kind of one end of the spectrum or the other. So just because you're type a does not mean you're ADHD. And if you're ADHD, it doesn't mean you're type a, yeah. it, it, does that make sense? No, it doesn't make sense. But right. I, I, so my, my fiance has accused me of ADHD and I said, no, I'm type A. I'd like to have a lot of, I, I have a lot of different things going on. I want to achieve a lot, but I feel like sometimes I do feel a little bit like scattered. So would that be a sign of having ADHD? Cause I've never been diagnosed with it. I don't yeah. Know. Um, I'm not going to give medical advice. So none of this is medical no, advice. No, I know. I know. <laughs> I'm just asking it from your experience. No, no, no. no. <laughs> um, it can be. There's, I think there's about 20 to 25 different, when you take the screening, there's 20 to 25 different things, but a lot of them come back to focus. Are you able to sit still? Are you a fidgeter? Do you have a lot of things going on? How are you carrying on conversations? Do you interrupt a lot? Things like that. So just being really um, driven and focused and having a lot of things going on doesn't necessarily mean that you're ADHD. It just means you're driven and you like to have a lot of yeah. things going on. Awesome. I love that. Okay, great. <laughs> I, babe, I am not ADHD. Okay. <laughs> if you're listening to this, hopefully he is listening to it. All right. Well, this is the part of the show I like to ask for last words of advice or of wisdom. What would you like to leave with mm-hmm. us today? Oh, I think what I would like to leave with you guys today is what goes back to what I was saying earlier about how life is going to throw you those curveballs or those universal tests, whatever is being thrown your way right now, if you can just take a deep breath, I know that sounds so simple, but it's very um, underutilized. Take a deep breath and step back from what is actually going on in your environment, your situation right now, and just look at it from maybe a bird's eye perspective, because that helps you look at things objectively. Because a lot of the time when we have those little curveballs thrown in our life, we are so caught up in our day-to-day life and the heightened emotions in that place that we can't actually see what are the things that are happening logically and logically, what can I do about it? And we feel like we don't have any choice. But we do if we can get ourselves to take that deep breath, step back and look at things objectively. 
I like that. That was beautiful. Thank you for sharing that, Rebecca. It's been awesome having you on the show. Please keep us Thank up to you. date on any projects that you and your partner might have, like either Absolutely. a book that might come out. I don't know. I, I think we talked about it. In your future, I can I can feel it. Okay, so keep us updated. We'd love to have you back and update the audience. So thank you Absolutely. very much. Thank you. You're welcome. You guys, this is your host, Deanna Rodalescu with Label Free Podcast. To live your best life, you must live label free. Please don't forget to subscribe, follow, rate, review, comment, share, all those good things. And I'll be back soon with more dynamic guests.